Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. sales in your business right now if they could be better and you want to know how to improve them then you're going to love my next guest to be Robert's sales and marketing expert who's going to be talking about her top tips to improve your sales and understand why you may be struggling in the first place welcome to this episode of start scale succeed and thank you very much V for joining me thank you for having me it's lovely to be here now obviously you're I've said you're a sales and marketing expert but you're a bit you're quite a bit more than that as well can you introduce yourself to the listeners yeah, um, B. Roberts, as you said, Insight to Marketing is my company, and we really focus on branding and marketing, but obviously the ultimate outcome of branding and marketing when it's successfully done is attracting leads and inquiries and making sales. So my background is 26 plus years of working in the branding and marketing industry, but everything that I do um, in relation to branding and marketing, the end goal yeah. is you know, growing a business, selling, you know, in, increasing visitors, increasing footfall, etc. So it's all related, all the dots join up. And this is going to be aired at the end of September. And, I, you know, summer is can be quite a difficult period for product businesses. But if um, but regardless of what type of season it is, what are your kind of top tips for helping you as a business make the sales you need? I think it's all about relationship and connection, because I feel like a lot of people do not make enough sales because they're not taking the time in their busy lifestyles to actually create genuine relationships. Now, if I share with you um, that when I started my business, I started on a hundred pounds. Much of what I did was online and much of what I did offline was about face-to-face events. So I was able to connect on a more personal level with people. And I think that's what really helped me actually to build and move from just being a kind of event organizer and trainer to becoming, you know, a coach and, and helping people on a more one-to-one level. So I would definitely say it's about connecting. It's about understanding as well your audience and who you want to attract and then giving them what they need, whether that's via your products and services that you offer or whether that's even via a freebie that you might produce to bring more people into your community and attract the right type of people. So if we're talking about product businesses, when you've said you know, you've mentioned a freebie. What could that look like for a product business? Well, it could be a sample. It could yeah. be a, a, a physical sample that they taste. It could be, you know, um, even time as a consultation. So I work with a range of different clients that sell products. One of my clients recently launched a skincare brand. So she has a creams and lotions and all this stuff. But actually what she does as a freebie is a consultation. Yeah. So she actually offers her time. Uh, I believe it's like 25 minutes she offers to actually assess and go through the skin types before mm-hmm. trying to then build a relationship, send on further information and or sell a particular product that's in line with what that particular person might need. So she offers a very tailored consult- consultation process and that part is the free part. So you can do it via, you know, whether it's a product or service, you could do it via an online 
or an in-person, you know, consultation, advice, or you could do a tangible product. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of, lots of ways. You could even do free tips via an ebook that you give yeah. out where the upsell is then the product. And I think a lot of product businesses, that, that free tips via an ebook, I think a lot of product businesses miss out on that because it can just be to get people on your email list to be able to make that connection. I know we'll, I'll talk about social media with you in a minute because that's obviously changing and how people connect on that is changing as yeah. well. Yeah. But I think for product businesses and, you know, when you talk about the free tips, maybe if you're a sustainable business, it might be download this PDF to, make, to help you make more you your household more sustainable or mm-hmm. how can you look after your kids' clothes for longer? And, you know, it might be, and that's going to be something that's quite quick for you to create and is useful for your customer if that's the kind of market that you're in. Yeah. And what about Instagram then right now? Or so not necessarily just Instagram, but social media. And how are people connecting differently on that than maybe what they were, how they were like nine months ago, 10 months ago? I would say the main difference on social media at the moment is around the types of content that's being created. So many people are now seeing that whilst the trends are still active, you've got audio trends, which might be, like, you know, the most popular music or sound um, to put over a video. Um, that kind of phase where everybody was kind of on doing that is now kind of dying down. Of course, some people are still very much into that if they want to be content curators. But I feel like a lot of the solopreneurs and business owners that haven't got the time to be constantly producing new videos and lip syncing and pointing mm-hmm. kind of drifting away from that now and seeing that the, that the most effective way of actually creating reels, for example, which are all the rage at the moment is to do a, you know, a video that's from 15 to 90 seconds, but maybe do it without using all of the, you know, trends and lip syncing. So reels are still very popular, but I think more people are understanding now, particularly if they are time poor that it takes a lot of time to create reels. And most of us don't have that time to do, you know, three in a day. Unless, of course, you are running a product or you have a product where your only channel that you communicate on is Instagram and you want to, you know, promote your shop and do everything through that one channel. Then, of course, you know, you'd want to focus on what's the latest thing to be doing. But I think with Instagram, there are so many different things that have happened. Their main drive is to compete, for example, with TikTok. So, A lot of the features are changing now. You know, you've got more accessibility in terms of captions. You can now create, you know, stories. And, you know, there's a lot more things you can do in the back end of Instagram. You can create series of videos. And again, even that, going back to your previous question, if somebody wanted to do, you know, a freebie or even promote something to kind of get more people to be aware of their product, they might do a series of videos on Instagram and actually create a series on Instagram, which you can do through the video platform that they have, um, which is built in on Instagram. And I think I was talking to um, another guest about SEO and content and driving people to the website more so potentially than their social media channels and making that connection through the website and then hopefully email marketing so that you've got very warm leads to try and connect to as well. And then what else would you say? So we're talking about making that connection and communicating with the customer. How else can people help drive their sales as well then? Well, what I would say is going back to that point you just made, actually, I think it's two ways. So driving people to your website is brilliant. And I'll explain why in a moment. And driving people back to, as the main point, your social media also works. I think either work. The key thing is how you capture data and Mm -hmm. how you actually keep people's attention once they're there. And most of that is what's missing when people aren't making sales. So, for example, there may be a missing process whereby if someone goes to, 
my Instagram page, I don't have a blue link that's clickable. I don't have a way to capture their name and address. I don't have a way to opt them into my email list or get them to subscribe to my YouTube channel. So I've immediately lost Mm -hmm. their attention. Going back to what you were saying about the website, the reason why I think the website is a great place to start is that if you use, for example, a Facebook pixel, which I know Aggie has covered in a previous podcast with you, uh, or she, she probably would yeah. have. I've done some work yeah. with Aggie and I also do, you know, bits on the basic stuff on Facebook ads. I know that the Facebook pixel, whether or not you want to do ads straight away, is really fundamental in the sales process. Because when you do get to, you know, using Facebook ads, that Facebook pixel helps you retarget. So one of the shortcuts, if you like, to making sales quicker is having that Facebook pixel installed on your website as soon as you build your website so that it does start scraping and collecting data via, you know, Facebook of users that you can then retarget to ad campaigns once you're ready to do them on Facebook. So for anyone using Facebook, that would definitely be a massive tip from, from me is to get the Facebook pixel installed on your website. And then that way, if you're always driving people to your website and you've got the pixel on your website, you'll never, you'll never lose because people, as long as they've got, you know, the Facebook account, et cetera, you'd be able to actually stay in touch with them when you do a retargeting ad. What people do is they just rely on their website without a Facebook pixel. And if people don't download the ebook that you're promoting or they don't subscribe to your blog, again, you've lost them. So the Facebook pixel on a website is key if you're driving lots of traffic to the website. And I think in terms of social media, the blue link and what's on that blue link is is super important as well because that's where you can have a sign up link drive people to a particular subscription that you may have or offer that free download yeah or that money off first purchase and, exactly. and that kind of thing and um you've talked before about um when i've seen on your instagram and i know you do lots of lives yeah, <laughs> you do your live every day no 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 it, it's 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 not sustainable i think it just depends on what i have on so when yeah. i'm busy or i've got a campaign i will go live very often yeah. Because obviously the connection is required to, to, to kind of warm people exactly. up and see that no like and trust factor. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And um and it was something that you were talking about before in terms of people not having that sales strategy. Can you talk me through how someone could um create a sales strategy for their business? Well, I think it's not necessarily about a strategy, but definitely from from my perspective, it's around understanding the processes that are involved. So the first thing you want to do is a very have a clear understanding of your audience and who you're trying to target before you start setting goals and thinking of you know how much money you want to make. Understand your audience and set yourself a sales target because whatever activities you're doing, whether it's communications, whether it's a campaign whether it's a marketing leaflet, it should be the ultimate outcome would be generating leads, building a list or having some kind of sale at the end of it. So if you think logically, the strategy should at least include, you know, what is it you're trying to achieve and how you're going to do it? And how you're going to do it is usually by attracting some kind of um, process where you've got people coming into a list or where you've got a way of collecting information. Because if we think about it, unless it's a physical store, which is obviously a, quite a different experience. A lot of people are now doing business online. So to get the sales online, you have to have a process. You have to know who's coming to your page and your website. So you've got to have a way to monitor as part of your strategy. You've also got to know that when someone visits your website or your social media, you have a way to actually collect information about them. And that, again, feeds into monitoring, but also helps you to develop offers for them. And the understanding of your audience and also who you're trying to attract 
is what helps you to develop a really compelling offer. Because if your marketing is off when it comes to the messaging, when it comes to the price, when it comes to knowing what people want, supply and demand, you won't be able to attract those sales. And then behind that is the marketing activity of which, you know, you can go into a range of different tactics yeah. online and offline, but the brand also sits alongside that. So in order to have a, a, a successful sales strategy, there's a bit of research that's involved. There is some strategic planning that's involved to set the direction of what you're trying to do and how you're going to do it. But the actual how you're going to do it is the marketing. It's looking at the resources you've got. It's looking at the, you know, the, the operational side of it, the processes and systems. But it's also looking at the monitoring and, and how you're going to actually keep track and maybe tweak things that aren't working and generating the sales that you need. And I think as well, adding to that, setting yourself some sales, like you said at the beginning, in terms of setting yourself some sales targets so that you've got a line in the sand of, right, I want to generate 4,000 a month from um, this website, how many products does that mean that I need to sell? Do you actually have enough quantity to sell that amount of stock? Yeah. You know, what's my average selling, what does my average selling price need to be? And what does my, you know, how many views do I need to get on the website? And then usually a conversion of product business can be anything between like, you know, if it's one, it's poor, but usually you'd be aiming for like around 2% conversion on a product website. And so it's kind of working back from that as well to be able to say, right, okay, what, what does 4,000 look like? How many products does it look like? Yeah. What's the average ASP of it? How many people do I need to get on the website to, yeah. to do that? And then like you say, what marketing, you know, then you've got kind of a line in the sand to say, right, well, what marketing can I do? Yeah, absolutely. Drive that traffic, convert those sales, whether it's using influencers, you know, doing lives every second week, promoting or talking through the products, making sure that you like, you know, you mentioned reels earlier on going, how often are you actually showing the products? How often are you talking about the products and the benefits and what they do? And and I think there's there's that whole, you know, definitely leveraging off other people's audiences to bring new people in. Yeah, collaborating, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, to really to help drive that those additional sales so I think once you've got your your targets then you can be like and then you know what works and what doesn't and what, you, what you can do more of and, yeah. and what you can't can and, I just say on that point as well it's really really right a point there about you know setting the target and I think something that people have in mind is with that example of you know the 4,000 sometimes there are different ways to make that 4,000 and people go for the most difficult of ways and also they don't really define the audience they want to target so what's important in terms of creating that sales strategy is when I was saying about understanding your audience, knowing that there can be various segments and understanding out of all of those segments, there may be one or two that you focus on, which have got more profitability than yeah. the others. So you start with those because, you know, 4,000 could be selling, you know, 10 products that are 400 pounds each, you yeah. know, and some people will actually go for a different route, which might be selling 4,000 units of a product that's a pound each. So sometimes yeah. there are quicker ways. And it's really about understanding that as well as part of the strategic process. Absolutely. And for some people, sales is a very, um, some people just don't like to ask for the sale. They, they lack the confidence. They feel uncomfortable about it. Um, what would you what tips have you got to help people from a sales confidence point of view? And you, do you have any kind of live examples of, of maybe a client that's gone from one, you know, gone from kind of lacking confidence, done certain things and, and has become more confident with it? 
Yeah, I mean, um, that's a good question. What I would say about selling, first of all, is if you really don't like selling, you can either read books on sales or you can outsource your sales to an agency. And as a small business owner, if you really don't have the budget to outsource to somebody, I would definitely say try and learn the skills yourself. Because if you're in business to grow your business, it's a fundamental skill. And there's no way of dancing around that, let's be honest. So unless you've got extra resource or people on your team, um, then the only thing I would advise as, as a real priority is to try and understand it yourself. And the second thing is, you know, thinking about examples, I've worked with a number of clients who feel like sales is a swear word. It's actually one of the chapters in my book um, that I've written, my planner. And it is a sales word to many people because they don't feel comfortable with talking about their products, bigging up what they do as a service, for example, or even, you know, talking about their price. Some people have very good products that they are confident in, but they don't want to mention the price or they don't want to actually ask for the sale. And I've got a number of clients that have been in those scenarios, but one that I will give is where I actually had a lady who she had actually produced lots of products. She's been on TV and all sorts, but she she'd produced lots of marketing products to make people happier and more confident. And she's branded herself as such. And then um, she was very much behind the scenes and she would go on and she'd be doing these lives, but she was never talking about her products. In fact, when she started working with me, she did not mention that she had products. It was only because I'd had discussions with her about products she might want to invent. And she said, oh, V, I've got two books. I've got these massive glasses that people can wear. And she had lots of novelty marketing merchandise. So we worked through the best approach for her to attract a wider audience because she already had a Facebook group. We also looked at how through attracting that audience, she could educate them more as well and give them more value because I wanted her to go more, more deeper than just dancing around and being happy. I wanted her to educate people about how to be happier, how to be more confident, how to think more positively, which she did very well. But the missing bolt was that she didn't actually tell people about her products. She had a whole book telling people how to be more happier with quotes and things like this, workbook sections in it. So what we were able to do was literally devise a navigation map yeah. that when somebody went into her video, maybe they saw her online, they stumbled across her, they were then able to be invited into her Facebook group. And then from her Facebook group, they were then invited to um, you know, have a call with her or buy her products or go on to one of her physical events and workshops that she was holding. So by doing that, she was able to sell out of her products. I mean, her first, the first series that she did was last year and she was able to sell out uh, of her glasses and her books. And previously she had her books sitting underneath her desk. She wasn't yeah. mentioning them at all. So I think it's about understanding how to, as I was saying, you know, do that navigation map. If someone joins you who are alive and they've never heard of you before, what happens next? If someone's in your email list and they are aware of you, what do you want them to do next? You know, and literally mapping yeah. out what the route is. And that's the missing part, I feel, is the process that's missing of understanding the customer journey. And that's what I do a lot with clients is helping them to understand what happens next. When I land on your website and I've signed up to your email, what happens next? Yeah. When I listen to your podcast or you've given me that free sample, what do you want me to do next? And it's that that I believe is, is a missing part for many when it comes to selling. And you touched on customer journey there. And I think that's such a key part for people to understand. I think there's about like five steps to that customer journey. And that that can, depending on what you're buying, if you're buying a, you know, 20, a 20 pound cosmetic or a lipstick versus a thousand, a two, I don't think you get a wedding dress for a thousand, but a 2000 pound wedding dress, that, disc, that kind of 
journey will take a lot longer. So it's keeping those touch points there, keeping communication, like you said, right at the very beginning and engaging all the time. And you don't need to be, and I'm not talking about sell, 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 like you're a car salesman, because there can be selling in very different ways, because you can be talking about the benefits, you can be doing your collab, you can be, you know, talking about the transformation, then you can be talking about the price, we're not talking about buy, 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 it's reduced, buy a bond, you know, it's not that kind of way. And, you know, being visible will help your sales. And, you know, and like you say, in terms of that whole discovery and kind of because people will shop around first whether you're a service business or a product business they'll kind of shop around first they'll think about it for a little while they'll engage then they'll make their decision decide on purchasing your product like I said it can be it can take a second if you're in that impulse line queuing up to buy something in Primark or it can you know if you're talking about a tv a house whatever it might be it could take you months yes it's it's understanding how based on your kind of retail prices uh, how long that maybe customer journey is for people and those touch points like you said and keeping being engaged to convert to them and I think you know like you said at the beginning as well and when we were talking about sales if you find sales very difficult I would just beg people you know get people to think about which would you find more difficult going back to your nine to five yes you know because if you don't you know sales is money in the bank and if you don't kind of it's a real and I know that might seem quite it's quite cold but if you don't get over that issue you don't have a business exactly. if you, can, you know if, if you have to do it yourself yeah you know obviously like you said you can employ people and you can drive ads and all that kind of stuff and, and make sales that way but initially when you're starting out it's very much you as the business owner generally making that connection yeah you know, putting all the points that you've talked about and having that sales strategy doing that marketing to get that to get that money in and you should be proud of your product as a business because if you're not proud of it if you don't love it and if you can't be proud of it and you don't believe in it, then how do you expect a customer to believe in it? You know, because exactly. people can read, people can read yeah. energy as well. And I always say, even with like going live, there are lots of gurus and experts that will say, you know, go live every day or, you know, send 10 DMs. Those approaches only work if you're, if you know what you're doing and you're confident in what you're doing. And I think an integral piece of selling is understanding why someone would buy from you in the first place. What is what is it that is so great about you in comparison with someone else that they may be looking at or talking to that they buy from you? Because that's what you need to focus on when it comes to your messaging and your marketing. And a lot of people skip that bit. They just want to push the product and talk about the benefits. But you've really got to pull out what is it about you that's unique? Uh, what's the extra piece of value that you give to someone? And also, why would they buy from you? Because there's usually a motivational reason or yeah. some kind of triggering reason or an emotional uh, connection somebody yeah. would have when yeah. they buy. So it's understanding that customer journey, as you're saying, and also understanding why they buy so that you could push that through your messaging. And that's how yeah. sales really, you know, are, are, are at, using, their, at their highest. Using their language, understanding their, their behavior and stuff like that. And kind of just to wrap up, I suppose, I want to talk to you about a sales and marketing plan with your business and how you approach that with your clients. So basically, as I was saying before, we do a marketing plan. We look at the brand and marketing and then the mm-hmm. outcome of that brand and marketing plan would be sales. So we start off with a financial objective. And I guess the way that I work with my clients, that financial objective is actually looking at 
the money goal, right? Yeah. And sometimes we have non-financial objectives. So it could be that you want to launch a Facebook group by, you know, the end of January 2023. That's a non-financial goal. Yeah. But what I try to do is encourage business owners that I work with to create a financial goal where they have a money-focused goal. So it could be to make 10K in a month or to make 20K in their first quarter. And then from there, we look at how would you do that? And that's where the marketing plan comes in. So we'll look at the brand, what might need to be tweaked or developed in terms of the branding to actually give you the desired outcomes so that you've got a consistent look, a visual identity, you're able to show up and be confident and talk about, you know, what your brand values are, your mission, you know, your personality, your, your promise. And all of those things then feed into the marketing, how you're putting it out there, the promotional tactics. So you then kind of need to think about the plan and, and the dates and, you know, what you're going to do in terms of achieving your sales goals in relation to specific marketing tactics. So we don't just look at online because I know a lot of people just focus on social. We look at online and offline. We look at PR, we look at events, we look at content, which is not the same as social media. And all of those things then feed into, you know, then looking at how we're going to monitor all those things we've mapped out in that timing plan, that project plan. And then we set out how we're going to monitor those things with, you know, specific metrics yeah. you know, and, and also dates. Deadlines are super important. So understanding what you've got to do by when, but also how you're going to keep track of your success with that. And then if you're not you know, doing as well as you hoped, how you're going to change that and when you might change that. So it's a whole kind of process that we follow. And I think that's really key in terms of obviously tracking the numbers and not shying away from the numbers, because if something, you know, something doesn't work that's okay you just move on from it and I think you know for some people that are listening that and there's something like this is is relatively new for them just get yourself a plain just get yourself an excel spreadsheet plan in what you think you're going to make each month or what you would like to make each month like you said when are you going to do your promotion are you going to do black friday when are you going to start christmas when are you are you going to do an easter sale and then like you said everything links back to that in terms of right okay so then your email marketing needs to be covering xyz your social media needs to be doing xyz and then recording what your actual sales are versus your that your targets so that you can see what worked and what didn't and that's a really simple you know it's not it's not rocket science it's just taking that time out and thinking right okay if I want to achieve this these sales how many products is that like you said in terms of if you're 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 four ten of your 400 or your thousand yeah then what does that mean what activity do I need to do to do it yeah and 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 that exact what you were saying there like mapping it all out what I did I've, I've got a planner so in my planner I have a whole section which is like workbook sections it, it takes you through lots of different bits about your selling and you know what were the highlights what patterns were indicated and you know, sales targets and you can map out. I mean, a lot of my clients use that as a resource where they actually write out what their goals are. There's even a budgeting section in there where they can map out how much they made, how much they need to save. Because again, even when you're selling, you still need to be thinking about how am I going to use that money that I've made in my business? And a a lot of people use that and don't think about the marketing. And again, you've still got to invest in your marketing or at least put a budget aside for ongoing marketing. You know, and, and thinking about the cash flow as well and making sure that that's exactly. still flowing through. And how can people work with UV and where can they find you? So I'm all over um, Instagram, as you were saying earlier. I'm always very present on there. But I have a hashtag which is searchable. And that hashtag is AskI2M for Mike. So AskI2M, which is just abbreviated for Insight to Marketing. So I2M. Um, and then I've got my website, which is InsightToMarketing.com with the number two in the middle. 
and um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter under the Insight to Marketing handle and I've got a LinkedIn company page as well where I give out lots of tips. And um, you mentioned the planner there. We'll put the link to the planner um, in the um, in the show notes here as well. But thank you very much for joining me tonight today. Thank you very much for joining me today, V. And listeners, I hope you found that useful. And if you have enjoyed this episode of Start, Scale, Succeed, I would love for you to give us a review. And I'll be back next week again with another great guest. Thank you very much. Bye.